It's 8.09, and you are tuning into WORT. This is the Thursday Buzz. Joining me on the line, I'm very pleased um, uh, to have with me Attorney Jeff uh, Mandel, one of the uh, board member of Law Forward. And he is, I, I guess, we'll, we're, Jeff, we're going to call you the uh, the head attorney in this case uh, uh, here that we talked about, about the Wisconsin fake electors case. Good morning, and thank you so much uh, for being making yourself available. Good morning. It's great to be here. All right. Well, let's 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 backtrack a little bit. I hadn't heard too much about this case uh, for a minute. We knew that there was something going on. Uh, this case was brought. This lawsuit was brought by some uh, Wisconsin citizens. And can you uh, just give us a little background exactly again what what they were asking for and what the case was all about? Of course, this case was brought by three Wisconsin citizens, two of whom were presidential electors for President Biden one of whom was a voter um, and, and, you know, not an official in any way. And they were deeply concerned about the profoundly anti-democratic actions of the fraudulent electors who decided that notwithstanding a record number of Wisconsin voters in 2020, nearly 3.3 million, and a clear win in the 2020 Wisconsin presidential election for Joe Biden, these 10 fraudulent electors decided that they knew better and that they would presume to tell the United States Congress that the state of Wisconsin had voted for Donald Trump in the presidential election. And remember that that matters a whole lot because it's not the popular vote that ultimately decides the presidency. It is the Electoral College. And these 10 people tried to take Wisconsin's electoral votes and cast them for a candidate who had not won. So this case was filed a year and a half ago to make sure that we found out exactly how this scheme had unfolded here in Wisconsin and to uh, take steps so that it would never happen again. What, what were uh, the plaintiffs initially asking for from these 10 fake electors and two lawyers? Well, right. So we, we sued the 10 fake electors and two lawyers for the Trump campaign, and we asserted that they had engaged in a civil conspiracy to violate Wisconsin and federal election law, and that their actions were unlawful and disrupted democracy in Wisconsin. And what we asked for was an order from the court that would say this was illegal and would prevent them from ever doing this again. And the reason that we settled this case is because we got those fundamental things that we were aiming for. We got the information about how this plan unfolded here in Wisconsin, and we made almost 600 pages of materials public uh, yesterday that helped explain to the public who was involved and what actions they took. And we got uh, promises and agreements that this will not happen again, that none of these 10 people will serve as uh, electors in the future, that none of them will uh, ever do anything like this again. And our case against the two lawyers from the Trump administration goes forward uh, because we haven't uh, yet reached agreements with those folks uh, on those same principles of transparency and accountability. Can we... Can we can we actually say, can we acknowledge that there were crimes, uh, that this is, that these were crimes that actually, that, that were uh, committed in this act? 
Well, I'm a civil I'm a civil lawyer. I've never been a prosecutor. I've never been a, a criminal defense lawyer, and so my expertise is not really on the the criminal side. And I defer to the Wisconsin Department of Justice and to the District Attorney for Dane County, who are the ones who get to uh, evaluate the criminal issues here and get to decide whether to bring charges. We were able to use the civil law in a really not novel way. This was the first case of its kind in the country, and we were able to do that to accomplish our goals. Uh, We are seeing increasingly the fraudulent electors around the country being criminally prosecuted. Mm -hmm. And as I said, I defer to to the attorney general and to our local district attorney on whether that will happen here in Wisconsin. So they can still be criminally charged. That's not part of the uh, settlement that they can't be criminally charged. That's correct. We, we don't have the power to, to bind those uh, public officials or say that they cannot uh, step in with a criminal charge. It's up to them to decide if they want to investigate and take any steps. Well, that's good, actually. I mean, uh, oh, wait, we forgot to do the disclaimer. Oh, man, we got we do so the disclaimer. Uh, 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 Jeff, we got to say something real quick here. Vimey's opinions expressed on the Thursday 8 o'clock buzz do not represent the opinion of the ward paid staff, its board of directors, or our millions of volunteers. The Thursday 8 o'clock buzz is for entertainment purposes only. So there. Um, that's a, we got, um, a, a lot of people would like to see these people uh, charged, especially as the nationwide uh, what appears to be a conspiracy to overturn the election. Uh, and to implement a coup, I mean, one of the first things I, I was expecting from Josh Call here, our Wisconsin Attorney General, is, hey, hurry up and charge these people. Crime has been committed. It's right there in front of us. Um, and nothing like that has been forthcoming, but you're saying it could possibly come, but that's not what this case was about. Let's talk about some of the things that uh, that they had to acknowledge. And one of them, which I kind of thought was funny, is that we had to finally get the electors to acknowledge that Joe Biden won. Um, how important was that? And don't don't you think it was more important that we, they acknowledge that Donald Trump lost? Because how do we verify the fact that they're going to acknowledge that that Joe that Biden won the election? Did, did they have to sign something saying that or what? Well, yes. I mean, they all signed our settlement agreement and have agreed to make this public statement and acknowledgement. And not just to make it public, which we've already done, but to send it to every federal and state official to whom they sent those fraudulent papers in 2014. Um, And I think that matters because it's part of the historical record. If people, uh, whether today or 100 years from now, reach out to the National Archives or to the Wisconsin Secretary of State, or to other officials who receive these documents, and they ask about the 2020 election, they won't just get these fraudulent papers, but they will also get this paper from the Wisconsin uh, fraudulent electors that says, we were wrong. We did not at any time have the authority to sign these papers. We were never the real electors, and everyone should disregard these papers that we submitted. So I do think that's pretty important. Uh, The other thing I'll say, just going back to our last conversation for a moment, is that while this settlement and this case don't have the authority to delve into the criminal law, one of the things that the fraudulent electors did agree to in this settlement, and that was important to us, is that they will fully cooperate with any ongoing investigations, both by the United States Department of Justice and anyone else. So if there is anyone, um, and and we know that there are, Mm -hmm. around the country looking into this and trying to 
uh, apply criminal penalties and make sure that this doesn't happen again, both nationwide and in other states, because Wisconsin was just one of seven states where this happened, uh, the fraudulent electors have pledged their full support and cooperation, just as they've pledged to cooperate with us in our ongoing litigation against the Trump attorneys who are behind this scheme. Right. So I'm thinking of Fannie Willis down there in Georgia, who is investigating uh, uh, the Trump campaign in their uh, what's an ongoing case charging Trump in this conspiracy. Um, so they will they will have to cooperate with, uh, for instance, Fannie Willis, if she says, hey, I want to know more. I want to talk to you guys or depose you. Right. Absolutely. Uh, with with with. with the district attorney in Georgia, with the uh, the special counsel working for the United States Department of Justice, and with anyone else, not only have they uh, are they bound by the law and the, the the procedural mechanisms in those courts to make that work, but they've now said here we won't kick up any obstructions. We promise to uh, to to be entirely cooperative and and, and help those things move forward. Okay. Um, was there you you mentioned that there's like 600 documents and uh, sworn testimony and emails um, that are now going to be available to the public for anybody to look at? Is what did you? Was there anything? Uh, um, what did you guys find in these uh, 600 documents? Is there anything that's uh, re- really revealing as to what was going on? Um, uh, with uh, collusion or whatever uh, cooperation amongst the uh, Trump campaign, National Republican Party, and this whole uh, a plan for fake electors around the country. What's what's in these 600 documents? I think what's most striking to me is how the, the overall feel of these communications, text messages, emails, um, is that Almost everyone involved recognized that this was wrong and that this was not a good idea, and yet no one uh, was willing to stand up and say, this needs to stop, or I won't participate. Um, and, and that is true from uh, the, elector, the fraudulent electors themselves. It's true from senior leadership in the Republican Party of Wisconsin who approved this and are uh, the ones coordinating this event to happen. And um, it's true from low-level staff as well. On, on the 5th of January, the Republican Party of Wisconsin sent a junior staffer on a plane to Washington to hand-deliver additional copies of these documents. And one of the really striking text messages is from her to her boss, to Andrew Hitt, who at that time was the chairman of the Republican Party of Wisconsin and is one of the fraudulent electors. And she says, I feel like a drug dealer. <laughs> Um, I, I think that's a pretty amazing, a pretty amazing statement, um, and and the documents are, are are full of moments like that where people are expressing real discomfort and doubt about what's happening, but no one is willing to stand up and say, "Hey, this this can't happen. This mm-hmm. is this is undemocratic." Like they're like, "Yeah, this might be illegal, but we're going to go ahead and do it anyhow because well, we're being told to do this." Um, does it appear that? Well, I think it's somewhat obvious, but can it be more clear now that this is actually a nationwide effort, a conspiracy, if you will, by the Trump campaign to overturn the election? That, and, that, and that the fake electors, including the, fake, the actions of the fake electors in Wisconsin, were, were an integral part of this conspiracy? I think 
part of what's fascinating is how much of this really began uh, in Wisconsin. So the architect of this, as best as we've been able to tell and, and, and other investigations around the country have been able to tell, is a lawyer uh, who is himself from Wisconsin, though he hasn't lived here in a very long time, named Ken, Ken Chesbrough. He's one of the defendants uh, against whom we're still proceeding. And Ken Chesbrough was not someone who had worked on the Trump campaign throughout the presidential campaign season. He is not someone who had worked in the Trump administration. He was brought in after the election, and he was brought in by Jim Troupas, uh, who is the Wisconsin recount lawyer for the Trump campaign, a, um, a longtime lawyer for uh, conservative and Republican causes of the state of Wisconsin. And uh, it was Troupas who had a connection to Chesborough and hired him and brought him into the Trump campaign. And that was the beginning of this entire scheme that then unfolded across seven states and did try to uh, overturn the peaceful transition of power in this country. Wow. So the Wisconsin Republican Party and Republicans uh, from Wisconsin with Wisconsin ties played a huge role in devising this plan, it appears. I guess we're going to have to wait and see where this goes. Uh, we're speaking with Jeff Mandel, uh, who was the lead attorney in this case where, uh, with regarding the 10 Wisconsin fake electors. Um, and yeah, okay, good. So they have to sign a piece of paper saying that, yes, Joe Biden did win this race. What's, what's going to happen now? You said you guys still have an ongoing claim against, um, Cheesebro and Troopus. What is that all about? Well, it's the same, I mean, it's the same fundamental case, which is that we want to have transparency and accountability so that people understand the roles that each individual in this scheme played, and so that we can ensure this doesn't happen again. Uh, we've been able thus far to uh, accomplish those goals with respect to the fraudulent electors, and uh, we believe that if we continue litigating, as, as we intend to do, uh, that we'll be able to reach reach those goals with respect to Mr. Chesbrough and Mr. Troopas as well. Now, one of the, uh, the Wisconsin fake electors is Robert Spindell, who also serves on the Wisconsin Election Commission. Um, couldn't you guys have made him, like, have to resign? <laughs> couldn't you have write it, wrote that in there? <laughs> well, um, you know, the, the part of what was going on here is that uh, when you bring a lawsuit, you can only ask courts to do things that are within the court's power. Mm -hmm. And then when you go to settle a lawsuit, people are generally loath to... Uh, uh, to, to give you relief that, that you couldn't get through the lawsuit. The court doesn't have the power to force Mr. Spindell to resign. Right. And so uh, we were not able to accomplish that in this settlement. Um, but Mr. Spindell, of course, can, and, and I would say should, uh, resign. And uh, Senator, Senate Majority Leader Lemahieu can uh, remove Mr. Spindell from the Elections Commission at any moment simply uh, by by writing a letter. I mean, that's all it takes. And I would note that what's particularly disturbing, I agree with the premise of your question, that it is mm -hmm. really shocking that someone who engaged in this kind of conduct would be one of the six members of our Wisconsin Elections Commission that supervises all of our elections in the state of Wisconsin. But what is also shocking is that when Majority Leader Lemahue reappointed Mr. Spindell to the Elections Commission. 
we already knew and it was already public that he had been a, false, a fraudulent elector and what the basic contours of that scheme were. So while there's new information and new details that we have been able to release as part of this settlement, uh, everybody knew pretty much what had happened. And everyone knew what the resulting conduct was. And uh, nonetheless, Bob Spindell was reappointed to the Elections Commission for another term. Mm-hmm. What of the response from the uh, Republican leadership in uh, Wisconsin? Well, I think yeah, I I think it depends on on, on, on exactly what you're talking about. Exactly who you're talking about is the Republican leadership. Right. Uh, We, you know, many key figures in the Republican Party of Wisconsin were intimately involved in this fraudulent elector scheme, including several of them being fraudulent electors themselves, and they agreed to this settlement. Um, you know, they, they, they signed off on this and they have made these statements. Uh, they continue to uh, frame this in the sense that they were misled and they never intended these documents to be used to try to overturn an election and things like that. Uh, but it is, it is to me, um, difficult to read the the materials that we've now made public Mm -hmm. and not come away with with a clear sense that these folks understood what was really happening Uh, right now i mean it was i i remember the day after the real electors um uh, uh, met at the state capitol and uh the republican fake electors met on the same day in time i remember that um because there was a picture in this Wisconsin State Journal the very next day showing the Democratic electors, and then there's here's a picture of some Republican. It didn't call them fake electors at the time. It said members. Uh, you know, it showed them in the paper. If if I recall, I uh, that was part of the evidence, right? There's there's pictures of them actually meeting. There are pictures of them meeting, but to be clear, those pictures were taken by participants in the room. In fact. Uh, Ken Chesbrough flew to Wisconsin and uh, attended, and he took a number of those pictures. The electors, and this is clear, the fraudulent electors, and this is clear in the, uh, in, in the documents that we released yesterday, went to fairly significant lengths to try to, make, to evade public detection, to make sure that people didn't really know this was happening. Whereas traditionally in Wisconsin, and even in 2020, the presidential elector meetings are publicly noticed meetings. They are live streamed on Wisconsin Eye. You know, these are these people are serving when when you're an elect when you vote in the electoral college for the state of Wisconsin, you are serving as a as a public official. You have essentially been elected to carry out this duty on behalf of the people of Wisconsin. And so that's something that's always been public. And here instead we had the fraudulent electors who went to great lengths to make sure that people didn't know what they were doing, that people couldn't see them do it. Um, All of these pictures that we have now released had pretty much been private. One of the fraudulent electors named Bill Feehan had put a couple of them up on his Facebook page right afterwards. (laughs) But those were the only pictures that had been public before now until uh, a number of additional pictures that were posted yesterday that showed more people in the room, including um, Ken Chesbrough. And you can see a picture of them in today's Wisconsin State Journal on uh, page 9, if you want. Um, Jeff Mandel, I know you have to get going. I really appreciate, we really appreciate you 
uh, first of all, making yourself available for today's buzz. Uh, but I think, uh, uh, and of course, since we said a disclaimer, I want to thank you for the work that you did uh, for the people of Wisconsin and, and for democracy uh, in this in this country. And I guess we can say uh, good job, right? And, yeah. and good job. Good job, as Eli likes to say. Uh, th- thank you very much. And this is definitely something that we will continue to follow. And uh, yeah, there's there's a lot to take away from this. Thank you, uh, Attorney Jeff Mandel. Thank you so much. Have a great day. All right.